Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Welcome to my virtual travel trailer in this episode as Martin Colavito joins me over the Zoom kitchen table. I invite you to imagine yourself sitting with us for this conversation. Martin is the Community Hub Program Manager with Sullivan Allies Leading Together, known as SALT. SALT exists to address the collateral issues that fuel the systemic problems afflicting our county for decades. Feeding the hungry, clothing those in need, furnishing empty homes, and reminding people that basic human rights are not bestowed upon us, they are our birthright. They continue to state SALT strives to collaboratively clear a path for those who feel lost. We do this together, reminding folks they are not alone, they are our neighbors, and we need them. And now, coming to you from Sullivan County, New York, in the Catskills. Uh, my name is Martin Calavito. Um, I've been a human servant for about 45 years. Uh, worked in the field of substance abuse uh, disorders as a clinician for 26 years. Been a community organizer for over 40 years. Um, basically a human servant. Currently, I, I, my paycheck is signed by Cornell Cooperative Extension, but I have and always will work for the people I serve. So could you explain the relationship then between the Sullivan County-based Cornell Cooperative and SALT, the Sullivan sure. Allies Leading Together? I want to share with our listeners, we are in Sullivan County, New York, in the Catskills, and this is where this community-based work is happening. SALT is a community-based organization that was started by a bunch of people in the community, grassroots folks, boots on the ground, uh, human servants, and people within the community, all right? The idea originally with SALT is to develop a, a tool of navigation for somebody who would be in need of any kind, whether it be homelessness, fear, suffering, uh, it could be substance use disorder, mental health, anything. And our goal was to cut through all the bureaucratic stuff and get people service, all right? Part of what we do to develop SALT was to, 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 to tie in the human service agencies and the, the, the agencies that serve others within the community, with Cornell being one, has been an incredible partner from day one. SALT's been around for about six years. Um, so what had happened with SALT, because it's grassroots, because it's very organic, it's very attractive to folks because we try not to dance that dance with the devil because the devil leads, if you know what I mean. So we try to stay true to our mission. And as a result, these strong relationships are developed with these agencies, Cornell being one. So a little while ago, about a year ago, actually, um, working with Aileen Gunther, working with uh, Lori James Orstano and the, the superintendent of the Monticello School District, um, I, I was asked to be involved in the development of this community hub. And Cornell being the, the true partner that it is, we asked Cornell to be involved. And so a little funding was allowed to start this. And Cornell was really great to be the fiscal agent. And that kind of put bread on my table. And that's how Cornell got started with the community hub. Then COVID kicked in and we had to close the community hub. So what we recognized as SALT was there was long before COVID hit, 
hunger was a big issue in our community. Well, we took the opportunity now to partner with the school district who was distributing lunches to all of its students, but they always had extra. And we had this agreement with them that they would give us their extra, the money that we would use to fund the community hub, we would now use to feed people, to make this effort to feed people, a collaboration with SALT, uh, Cornell Cooperative Extension, and at the time, the school district. So we took these lunches and we began delivering them to people, these extra lunches, who could not access food. So that's how that, the birth of our relationship, I guess, professionally with Cornell started. Cornell became the fiscal agent because we're not a 501c3. And that's, up until this point, we're not a 501c3 or a nonprofit by design. Because part of our mission is to serve and to serve the people in the community. We are not charity, we are partners. We are neighbors, we're friends, we're fathers, we're husbands, we're wives, we're daughters, we're brothers, we're sisters. That's what we are. So you're describing that SALT is about, you said, we're not a charity. This is about, it's a community-based organization about Mm -hmm. partnerships, about recognizing an individual's role in Mm -hmm. the community. Mm -hmm. And it is an organization of service. Mm -hmm. And in the description of SALT, Mm -hmm. it says SALT exists to address the collateral issues that fuel the systemic problems afflicting our county for decades. Mm-hmm. Feeding the hungry, clothing those in need, furnishing empty homes, and reminding people that basic human rights are not bestowed upon us, they are our birthright. So yes. based on the mission of SALT and what you're describing and your own lifetime of service, 40 something mm-hmm. years at this point, how would you describe so our listeners understand both our local listeners and someone somewhere else, our community in Sullivan County. Yeah. Our community in Sullivan County is one that has been for the past 15 years steeped in, in, in uh, poverty. Um, well, more than 15 years. Uh, but um, out of the 62 counties in New York state um, for the past 12 years, Sullivan County has been, the 61st unhealthiest county in New York State. This year we moved up to 60, but has this this incredible record of uh, disparity, marginalization, um, and pain and suffering. So currently it's it's a rural county, which means that access to a lot of services has been a very big issue. All right. Recently transportation hub or transportation route has been established through the work with the county and community-based organizations like SALT um, and, and providing better access, but it's still an issue. The resources that are, that are within Sullivan County are woefully less. And anybody who does any type of research in regard to uh, uh, counties such as Sullivan understand very quickly that the bar for service is much lower because the pay is much less, the benefits are much less, the, the housing is much, you know, on and on and on and on. So, So, Martin, you're describing these deficits, and as you said, Sullivan County, New York used to be the second unhealthiest in the state of New York, is now the third after the South Bronx. So, if you now share with us the aspects, because of course you've been doing this incredibly vital work that has gotten more attention during this time of the pandemic, and I want us Mm -hmm. to discuss that, but what has Mm -hmm. kept you here? What, What is it that you would share about the actual assets of Sullivan 
from my perspective, the greatest asset that Sullivan County has are, are the people who live here, are the people who, who, and I'll give you a great example. So we deliver food now. So now we have this whole thing going where we're getting food to about 400 people a week. And the folks we deliver food to obviously are, are members of this county or stakeholders, but are stakeholders who don't have a lot. And it is not uncommon for these people who have very little to offer help for, to pay for gas to, to, as a donation. And, and I always tell people that the people with the least in Sullivan County, it seems, give the most of their hearts and their minds. So to me, the most incredible asset in Sullivan County are the people who live here, the people we serve. And the other thing, as, as kind of self-defeating as the description I originally gave of the deficits of Sullivan County, hope is here. You know, hope is in the room, and that's a huge asset as well. So everywhere we go, there's hope. And so the people who are suffering, and you know, there's a million stories, so I'm not gonna bore you with them, but, but there, I, countless times people who were suffering just needed to know that hope was five inches away from them and to be navigated to that hope. You know? And that's a huge access too, that, that recognition that as long as you're in the game, you can win. And that's a big asset to people's mindsets and, and paradigms because now because of hope, we don't look at things as, as, as deficit-oriented as we once did, you know, even though the deficits are still there. Let's talk about those needs, those deficits. What has been revealed to you during COVID, during this pandemic? What, of course, as you've said, and we know that these issues existed before, but what escalated? What are things looking like now? Okay, when it started five, six months ago, when we started doing what we were doing, um, aiding to the deficits was this, you know, and I know it's kind of like the exact opposite of what I just said, but there was extreme hopelessness, all right, that people in the community were thirsting for leadership, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go. You know, they were told stay home, but if I'm a 75-year-old person with arthritis and you know, I have a walker and I usually go to the corner store to buy something and I can't do that now. How do I get that container of milk? People were hopeless. And the silence was kind of deafening from the agencies in the community because everybody shut down, everybody went home and did work from home and quote, you know, um, and forgot or, or, you know, and, and God, I understand people were, were concerned and scared but there was a whole lot of people left behind from my perspective now, this is Marty Calavito. There was a whole lot of people left behind. And there is still that silence. So, so we can You're get talking in- talking about a silence of, of leadership. leadership. Yes. So what do you want to see happen? What have you learned during these months? You are with SALT, Sullivan mm-hmm. Allies Leading Together, you are the community hub program manager and more. So you shared with us that you've been delivering food to 400 people a week yeah. in a county of about 76 plus thousand people. So what do you want to see change? What do you want to see change within the structure? What I would love to see change. And the thing I realize more, most of anything, is that the food has become very secondary to the contact, to the connection. 
all right? So a couple of weeks ago, a woman we were delivering food to died in the far reaches of the county. And her, her daughter called me and told me that she had passed away, but wanted to make sure that, you know, that Saturday morning, how important that was for her to just, you know, know that people were coming and people were looking in and, and on and on and on. And, you know, we take everything for granted. I know I do. But I would like to see more leadership through this connection, through a consideration that the people who are charged to lead, a big part of leadership is listening and considering. And if you don't do that, people are left behind. So I would love to see more of that from Jump. Um, because even if you don't have the resources, if you have the heart, it's amazing what that brings to the table. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. And uh, so you have recognized that a change of leadership is needed mm -hmm. in the county, that it, it sounds like what you're describing is also to have participation uh, yeah. with, with community members who may not typically have that engagement mm -hmm. with decision making. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I'd like to, as you said, the food, it's interesting to hear you say, since you, you are with SALT delivering to 400 people a week who are in need of food. And that's a large, and I know you're one of other organizations and people delivering food. So there's a huge food scarcity in the county, but you've just said that's even secondary to the context. So, so what is it, if you could share with us, because you have had a lifetime up to this mm -hmm. point, 40 plus years, doing grassroots community-based work. Mm -hmm. So in this moment, mm -hmm. eight months into the pandemic, what is it you can share with our listeners about what you're learning uh, through the food delivery and also through this contact? What are some of the other initiatives that have surfaced during this time that you've become involved with? This is probably not very exciting to most, but it's really exciting to me. The first thing I always think of is the leadership that's been developed as a result of this. So part of our strategy is, yes, we'll deliver to individual people's homes, apartments, whatever. But the other part is to develop leadership in the community that will take some of this food and to distribute it themselves to their neighbors, making them a leader in their community. So in Monticello, in Wurtsboro, in, in you know, all over the county from Narrowsburg to, to, to Bloomingburg, you know, these little pockets kind of formed and, and people raised their head up, they rose their head up. And now numerous people who we've been serving want to come and help us serve, okay? And to me, that's incredible. And you look at me, and, and I got to tell you, whenever I'm in, in a room with people- You'll have to describe yourself since this is radio, Martin. <laughs> well, this is the biggest description <laughs> I can give. I know we're on Zoom, we're in a virtual trailer, but uh, for those- well, I, always think, I always think I'm the dumbest guy in a room. I really do. And I never feel more whole than I'm with the people I serve. And so what's exciting to me is- is that this leadership is being developed within the community, the grassroots leadership that hopefully as a result of this, really realize that they're the true stakeholders. I think that's really, really exciting for me. It's, it's unbelievable is, is how people now 
treat us like we are a food delivery service. So it's almost like, you know, there, there is this exchange of cash to deliver food and they're expected us to act that way. And sometimes people, you know, will say, well, you were late today or this or that. And that's a compliment. That's a compliment because we're not seen as this, this type of savior. We're seen as something that is part of their lives and that it's something that, you know, it's not anybody riding on a white horse. It's somebody really making them feel that the only difference between any of us, between me, you, and anybody who's ever walked this earth is luck. Where we were born, how we were born, you know, it's luck. And I'm reminded of that luck every single day through the love of these people, you know, so. Your community members, our community yeah. members, as you're describing. So if we're looking at an intersection of social justice issues, uh, can you describe some of these initiatives that you've become involved with, like the Committee for Equity and Justice, for instance? Yeah. Um, so the, the Committee of Equity and Justice, so I was the, previously I was the chair of the Human Rights Commission on, in Sullivan County. And for whatever reason, the county chose not to reinstate, the legislature chose not to reinstate uh, us um, in these positions, even after numerous attempts to kind of uh, get this done. So what we did instead was we started this committee, the Committee for Equity and Justice, that, and it's the most liberating thing we've ever done because the conflict, and I'm not in any way, shape or form co commenting on the county, I'm com commenting on an inherent conflict when a county runs a human service commission uh, committee, um, that there is a conflict. Because sometimes the complaints you get are from county workers. Sometimes the complaints you get are from this person or that person. So now we're of this non, you know, biased, this independent little group that uh, as a result went on to not only address human rights complaints, but as well, what we've done is, and, and last night was the first uh, uh, effort, we started a, a community conversation that's beginning to address, you know, the cultural disparities in the country by investigating our own systemic biases that everybody has. So normally we point the finger, the meaning of this group is look at the three fingers pointing back first before we start dealing with the others, all right? And we had 16 people last night. So that's one of the things through this Committee of Equity and Justice that we're doing. We also have been sponsoring a thing called Hate is No Home in Sullivan County. And we go to different communities and we bring people together and we don't talk politics, we don't talk faith, we talk about each other and how hate is not welcome in our community. And if somebody is hateful, we beg them to come because regardless, they're, they're welcome as human beings. And we know that love is always gonna defeat hate. So those are some of the other things we're doing. We're starting to work, uh, do some really neat work with the LGBTQ community and get them involved in some of these committees that the, commit, uh, the, uh, the, the county uh, sponsors as well. Um, so, I, I mean, there's a ton of stuff we're doing. Did Smarten come out of, did it come out of the pandemic in the sense of as issues became more obvious and as I think the urgency of, of the situation both nationally mm -hmm. and locally mm -hmm. increased, would you say that, that there's a connection? I think there, I don't know if there's a connection to the pandemic. 
I think there is a connection to the divisiveness and the lack of national leadership. All right. Uh, there's an absolute connection to that. Um, I think we're living in times that that sprouted this huge umbrella over those that are marginalized and it tries to drive them deeper into the holes for lack of a better term. Um, and I think a lot of this is a reaction to that and to remind people again about those rights that we are entitled to. People talk about entitlements all the time. We are entitled to some basic rights and, and that's becoming lost and it's kind of scary. So yeah. What would you like to see Martin moving forward? Uh, you are the community hub program manager with Sullivan Allies Leading Together, also known as SALT. And you've been sharing with us initiatives that are part of the program and you haven't even mentioned, right, the kind of the, uh, the drug and yeah. opioid support, but you've mentioned the, uh, the hate has no home program and the Committee for Equity and Justice. What would you like to see now as these next steps, since it does seem that more people are aware of the needs and we are entering an unknown time right now because of the pandemic, economically, socially, politically? I would like to see, well, a couple of things. I would like to see things like SALT sustain and I think they will. I mean, I've been involved in coalitions that are sustaining for decades, and I know SALT will, uh, and hand that off to people that are much more capable than me. I'd like to see this food effort sustain, which I think can happen. Hand that off, because there's some really strong people that are involved with it. You're talking to me, but I'm nothing without, you know, these folks are just incredible. Man. Um, and, and I would really like to see the faith-based community in Sullivan County and in all impoverished areas work better together because they are a conduit to people and there is an absolute need for the faith-based community come, to come together and in time of crisis, address a crisis rather than a status quo. So I, I would like to see that happen and I would like to see a recognition for these people that for the past 30, 40 years have been supporting Sullivan County through the sweat and blood and efforts that, you know, Everybody thinks the cure to poverty is gentrification. And, you know, where do the folks go that have been supporting things, you know? And I'd like to see a recognition of that and uh, understand that gentrification isn't bad as long as you consider the folks that were the, you know, the, the tent poles, you know, along the way. Um, and, and I would like to see the, the, the political machine in the county, the legislature, the local town, political machines to put politics aside and respect people for who they are. There's very little difference between most of our basic beliefs. And if we can agree on certain things, we can disagree on others, but continue to respect and love each other. Martin, is there something you can point to in your life that has led you to serve in this kind of way, to be involved in this kind of community-based work? Yeah, I was very lucky. I'm very lucky. I was, I was a jerk when I was a kid and, you know, who wasn't? And I was lucky to meet some people and I don't even know how I met him looking back, but, you know, I, I had met this Jesuit priest. His name was Ned Murphy. He was part of this 
Camden 26 years and years ago, uh, where, where they, they were just fearless. They, they defended each other and, uh, in Camden, New Jersey, as a result of some civil disobedience. And uh, they were looking at some extensive time and, and, and were acquitted. You know, uh, Daniel Berrigan, you know, who I'd known, but, you know, really Ned Murphy was a big influence on my life. A fellow named Preston Wilcox, who was a community activist in Harlem, who became a mentor of mine, you know, was the first one to make me realize that I can't keep what I have unless I give it away. Um, and just an incredible influence in my life. Or Pete Bourbeau, who got me into organizing. Um, and four guys I grew up with who are still my family, um, that when things were, were really, really hard, they were always there. And then I met somebody who was, uh, I guess, didn't have the common sense enough, but, but for love, fell in love with me for whatever reason. We were together for about 40 years, and i best person I ever met in my life. So I wouldn't be here if I couldn't walk behind all of those folks, you know? Uh, so. Thank you, Martin. And from Harlem, New York, then, to Sullivan County, New York, in the Catskills, mm -hmm. what, what brought you to Sullivan County? Honestly, what brought me to Sullivan County is I was organizing in uh, the Bronx and there were some situations that got a little dicey and my, I, I, my, my brother um, had, had a, I guess, concern, said to me, you know, I didn't have to get hurt uh, serving people. I can, you know, you know, look, you know, help people and not get hurt. Um, and uh, got me involved with the field of substance use disorders. And so it was really neat because what was great about that was I, you know, was able to, you know, uh, serve others directly, but bring it to the community as well. You know, worked in the prison systems, got interviewed people, got them out of Rikers Island, you know, state, state bids, um, and was able to take the, the therapeutics and also tie the community into that as well. Thank um, you for sharing that, Martin. Is there anything else? you'd like to share? No, I appreciate the opportunity, um, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, just thank you. And, and really thanks to all the people I mentioned because they're the best people. Lynn's the best person I ever met. That's the woman who married me. But the rest of the folks are the second best people I ever met. Oh, pretty time. good as well. <laughs> thank you so, thank you so much, Martin. Okay. Yep. I'm speaking with Martin Colavito from Sullivan Allies Leading Together, also known as SALT. He's the Community Hub Program Manager. And Sullivan Allies Leading Together describes themselves as a diverse partnership of agencies and community resources committed to working together to improve the quality of life for the residents of Sullivan County through information sharing, increased prevention efforts, and interagency collaboration we seek to improve access to services that empower members of our community to make lasting and positive change. To find out more about SALT, please visit saltcares.com. Thank you again, Martin. It was fantastic. From the kitchen table out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels. <laughs>